Today we get to continue the season of Advent. And as is the case with every second Sunday of Advent, we light the candle of peace, but we also travel into the wilderness to meet John the Baptist. And to meet John the Baptist this morning, we get to hear the very beginning of Mark's gospel. Now, Mark is the oldest gospel in the Bible. It was written soon after the year 70, the year when Rome destroyed the temple in Jerusalem. Mark's opening line forever defines the genre of gospel, a.k.a. the good news, when he says this, the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I invite you to listen now with open hearts and minds as we encounter God's word together from the very beginning of Mark's gospel. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, wearing a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Friends, this is the word of the Lord, and thanks be to God. Something you ought to know about Mark's gospel is that his writing is very fast. It's very fast-paced compared to the other three Gospels. Case in point, Mark's favorite word in his Gospel is the word immediately. Mark's writing quickly moves from one thing to the next very quickly, often connecting them by the word immediately. Jesus does this, and immediately he goes here. Then he heals this person, and immediately goes there. For example, in our lesson, we began with the title statement, The Beginning of the Good News of Jesus Christ. Then it quotes from the prophet Isaiah about a messenger sent by God to prepare the way of the Lord, and then moves on to John to talk about him. You may have found it interesting that Mark's gospel doesn't begin with Jesus' birth. In fact, Mark doesn't mention Jesus' birth at all. Instead, Mark begins his story of the good news of Jesus Christ by talking about his forebears, and one in particular, John the Baptist. John lived and worked out in what we would say today as he lived and worked out in the sticks. He preached repentance and would baptize all who would come to him. He also had some odd habits. He had an odd diet. He ate locusts and wild honey. He wore weird clothing, too, a garment of camel's hair with a leather belt. When I picture John, I don't picture the... the, the glamorous or, or uh, glorious pictures we see in children's books or in, in pictures in churches around. What I picture uh, when I see John is one of the guys from Duck Dynasty. But John might be a little scruffier yet. Now, these odd food and clothing choices aren't just a random detail. They're very intentional. All of these are shout-outs, and they're shout-outs to the prophet Elijah. 
The Old Testament, as you may know, ends with the prophet Malachi, Malachi's book. And Malachi's prophecy ends with a promise that Elijah will return before the great day of the Lord. Elijah will return before the, the Lord comes near. Mark's audience knew this prophecy very well. So when they first heard John's description, you better believe that they had goosebumps. They knew something special was going on. Now, the most important cue that Mark's beginning gives us is this, that God's action in Jesus Christ isn't something new. It's rather the continuation and culmination of God's covenant made so long ago. What God is about to do in Jesus is the fulfillment of a promise. John embodies Isaiah's prophecy of preparing the way and physically resembles Elijah, echoing the prophecy from Malachi. And Mark does this to show that John is cut from the same cloth as these prophets, and he will point the way to God's Son. Now, there's a really special connection here between our Old and New Testament readings today. And I think this is very important for us as we prepare in the 21st century to prepare the world for the Christ child to come near yet again. Now, for one, both Mark and Isaiah's communities had a pretty bleak outlook on the world in which they lived. Let's start with Isaiah. Now, Isaiah is a really long 65-chapter book in the Bible, but most scholars believe that Isaiah is really a book in three parts, or rather three prophets writing in different times. Our reading today is the beginning of what's known as Second Isaiah. And Second Isaiah takes place, and the prophet of Second Isaiah is addressing a people who are living in exile, who are living under the, the occupation of Babylon. The people of Israel had lost their land, uh, their homes, their nation, but they had also lost hope. They lost their identity of who God is and who they were as God's people. In the same way, Mark's gospel comes at a troubled time. Rome was still in charge, as in Jesus' day, but in fact, they had become even more oppressive, destroying Jerusalem and the temple that the people of Israel rebuilt after the Babylonian exile. The people were displaced, they were depressed, and they were looking for some good news. Some news that might remind them that God was in charge and, in fact, was at work redeeming the creation around them. They were longing for some news that might remind them of their identity as children of God. Now, friends, we may not be facing the same kind of occupation or exile that Isaiah or Mark were, but we do also live in troubling times. We live in a time of war, famine, violence, injustice, harassment. The list could go on and on. In this time of waiting and preparing, we also face the reality of the brokenness of our world around us. We cringe every time we check the news because there's hardly ever any good news to report. Just more violence, hatred, conflict, and division. Like Isaiah and Mark's communities, we long for some good news. And I'm not talking about the fluff pieces of puppy videos at the end of our local news broadcast, but let's be honest, those don't hurt either. Some good news is exactly what Isaiah and Mark have to share. Our reading from Isaiah this morning is really the call story of 2 Isaiah. 
a prophet who is called to preach hope to a people in exile. These 11 verses provide so much hope that Handel gave them two songs in his beloved work, The Messiah. The very first piece in Messiah is the very first verse of this reading, Comfort, comfort ye my people. And just before Handel illustrates Christ's birth, we see uh, a, a line from the end of this reading. O thou that tellest good tidings to Zion. The latter of these pieces is what I think resonates with us today. In the midst of brokenness and despair, the voice of God calls the prophet to get ye up to the mountain of Zion, to lift up your voice and be the herald of good tidings to the people around you. That little phrase, good tidings, which is actually one word in Greek and Hebrew, is the word that the gospel writer Mark must have truly been mesmerized by. Because it's the very word, and not a very common word in the Bible, that he used to define his story of Jesus' ministry, death, and resurrection. Defining it as the good news, or as we call it today, the gospel. The Greek word used here in Mark, and and the one echoed in the Greek versions of Isaiah, is the word euangelion from which we get the word evangelism. Good news is meant to be shared. Friends in Christ, our readings this morning remind us that in a world consumed with bad news, we actually have some good news. We have some good news to share. Like Isaiah, we are called to get up to the mountain or to a prominent place in our world to lift up our voices and be the herald of good tidings to a world longing for some good news. Like John, we are called to prepare the way for the Lord's coming by sharing this good news with those around us. These readings remind us that we are a people who are defined by good news. Good news that God has torn through the heavens and has come down to dwell with us in the person of Jesus Christ. Good news that Christ will come again, and when he does, all of the pain and brokenness and everything that opposes God's will and kingdom will be no more. We share this good news as we make pledges of our time, talent, and treasure to God's ministry here in the church. We share this good news when we welcome new members into our church family and baptize children and adults, reminding them that no matter what, they belong to a God who loves them in Jesus Christ. You're probably thinking, that sounds all well and good, but let's be honest, it sounds pretty preachery, right? Here's another take. It comes from a book I've been reading recently, and I think it shares this good news in a little more approachable way. The book is entitled Love Big, Be Well, Letters to a Small Town Church. And it's it's a fictional book written by a pastor, but it's a book that consists only of letters. Letters of a pastor to their church. In one of these first letters, the pastor shares what he believes are his ordination vows, but I think these could be described better as the good news to which we are all called to share. Listen to what he says. I took ordination vows and promised that though I would be asked to do many things as a pastor, I would always do this one thing. I would point to God and I would say one simple word. Love. Friends, love is the good news we have to share. Love that came down into a dark world to bring light and peace. 
We are called to share the good news of God's love for us in Christ by loving one another, by loving the stranger, our neighbors, and family members alike. In a world filled with bad news, the good news we have to share is love. Love that has come down, love that will come again, and love that is today building a kingdom seeking to redeem our broken world. But friends, as we draw one step nearer to Bethlehem, the gospel calls us to prepare the way of the Lord by sharing the good news of Christ, by embodying his love and peace to a world so desperate for some good news. May we share this good news confident that the light will always shine in the darkness. And in a world living in despair, may we always point to God and say one simple word together, love.